Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello. Welcome back for another Soul Driven Podcast. Thank you for sharing your time with me. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. And today's topic, well, I'm feeling a bit of trepidation. To say that I'm going to be hitting on some sensitive topics, hmm, yes, that's a true story. <laughs> In fact, I just kind of want to warn you that today's discussion might cover some sensitive material for you as I talk about the origins of my people-pleasing story. So just want to put that out there on the front end. But on the other hand, I'm so excited to talk with you about this because I really believe that people-pleasing is a trauma response. It's a trauma response for things that we have endured in our life and in an effort to keep our environments cool, calm, and collect. And as anyone who knows who has suffered from people-pleasing, it sucks. (laughs) It's not fun. And it does not help you or serve you in life. And so now that I've been going through this process of really healing myself from people-pleasing, it's a journey I've been on for over a year now. I really feel good enough to talk about it and share with you. I've had some major breakthroughs as of late and I'm so pumped about it because if I can help anyone on this journey recognize, understand why this is happening, where it might have come from, and then encourage you to start making different decisions to free yourself, then I am so thankful to be a part of that and excited. So couple of announcements before we jump in to today's discussion. First of all, if you haven't heard, I am, I'm doing some new segments on this podcast. I actually have a couple of ideas and I just want to spice things up and I'm going to be spicing things up as well for what I'm providing in the Soul Driven Collective, which is the community that I launched If you want to learn more about that, you can find a link in the show notes, but I'm just wanting to do a lot of new fun material. So you're going to be hearing more about this, but the first one is that I want to be able to bring the Akashic Records to you in in a more personal way. And so if you have a question that you would like to ask the Akashic Records, email it to me at souldrivenpodcast at gmail.com and include your full name so that I can go into the records 
and for you. And I will share this in an episode in addition with some teaching that comes along with it. Not to worry, I won't share your name. We will keep it private. But I think that this is a really beautiful way to start sharing the Akashic Records in a new way. And so if this calls to you or resonates with you, shoot me an, shoot me an email, send me an email. <laughs> um, and I'd love to hear from you. Number two, if you have been enjoying this podcast, please take time to review it on iTunes. I'm going to leave you a link in the show notes so you can do it very easily iTunes was flat out not accepting my reviews for quite some time. I have really had such a struggle trying to get through to them, sending screenshots of uh, reviews that people have left that aren't showing, that aren't viable. And for anyone who knows about podcasts, ratings are how it really helps us to get in front of more people and share this message. So if this is something If this podcast is something you've been enjoying, please do that for me. I would so, I would be so appreciated, appreciative. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive in. How to overcome people pleasing. Kind of first off, I just want to say that I can't offer you all of the answers. But what I share is shared from experience. And I know that there's plenty of information that I'm going to talk about today that will be helpful for you in some way. Even if you aren't someone who suffers from people pleasing, it will help you to understand those in your life who are people pleasers. Because like for myself, in my own relationship, my partner does not suffer from people pleasing. And he just can't understand why certain things upset me or bother me or why I get, you know, um, all out of sorts if, if someone's, you know, uh, not happy with something that I've done. Because he is just flat out not bothered. <laughs> and I always share with him, I'm like, this is your superpower, okay? Be very appreciative, but don't judge me, okay? Um, but that's not a lot of us. A lot of us are people pleasers. We really, you know, not only are we empathically attuned to how other people are affected by us, but we are, I mean, it goes both ways. And we really want our environments to be peaceful. We want people to be happy. And so we often end up sacrificing ourselves in the meantime. So I just wanted to share with you out front, like I don't have all the answers, but I've really been seeing leaps and bounds of growth and healing in my own life. And I'm so excited to talk to you about it. Okay, so let's dive in. First of all, what is it? This is my definition. I don't even know if you can look up people pleasing online because I didn't even do that. (laughs) Usually I do, but I didn't feel the need. I kind of just wanted to dig deep on what this means to me, right? So what is people pleasing? It is giving up your personal power to appease others. It's sacrificing ourselves in the name of someone else. It's unhealthy dependence. It's having a lack of boundaries. It's, it's caring more about the well-being of others than ourselves. I think bottom line, it's being someone who we aren't. And that is why it's so dangerous to our lives. Um, 
why do I call it dangerous? Why would I say something like that when talking about people pleasing? Because like I just mentioned, it really prevents us from being ourselves, right? It prevents us from stepping into our true power, the potential that we have in this lifetime, and it keeps us playing small. And you know, societal conditioning plays such a huge role in this as well. I mean, you know, depending upon your gender, which I can really only speak from the stereotypical female role, but I know as a woman, I was taught to go with the flow, to be easy and nice, to not talk back, you know? And I'm sure that, you know, from the stereotypical male perspective, you know, you're taught to um, not have emotions. You're taught to not, you know, show weakness. You're, you're taught to these sorts of things that like, you know, would, would make you stand out, right? Would make you actually be yourself <laughs> and share yourself with the world. I'm very thankful that I have a healthy, in all capital letters, rebellious streak. Because I can say that even though conditioning has played a role in my life and that I have struggled from people-pleasing, it still hasn't gotten a hold of me, I think, the way that it has with others. And I mean, I have seen people who have really, really sacrificed themselves in the name of trying to please other people. I've had people like that work for me. I've had friends like that. My sort of way of dealing with situations or people where I find myself wanting to people please or finding it an unhealthy dynamic is I just walk away. I just cut people off. And that's not a good thing either, right? That's not the way to handle these sorts of things. So many of us are not taught how to have difficult conversations, right? We're not taught how to say like, no, I don't feel comfortable with this. No, this isn't right for me. No, I don't want to do this. It's, it's very difficult for a lot of us. We're so concerned about the other person. But it's amazing how easy it is that we forget about ourselves. So what are some of the ways that people-pleasing has played out in my own personal life? Well, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. As I started like making this list and I really kind of cut myself off, it just, it blew my mind and it kind of, it made me very sad because I thought about myself as a young girl, you know, as a teenager, as someone in my like early twenties trying to figure myself out and how different life might have been if people pleasing wasn't as much of a concern for me. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about this and I'm sharing about this, but like, because of my very healthy rebellious streak, I just didn't really participate in it a lot either. But things like being able to tell my friends how I really feel, namely with roommates, it was always very difficult. With friends, I could like kind of maneuver my way out of situations. Um, I didn't have to have a lot of difficult conversations. And, you know, I would just like let things go, just let things go. But like with roommates, if my roommate did something that really upset me, oh my gosh, it was like I was, it was, it was like a situation where it was the end of the world. I did not want to talk to them about it. And when I did sit down to talk with them about it, my brain would just kind of shut down on me. 
because I wouldn't know how to tell them how I really felt. Because when I speak about these things, especially back then, like they would just come out and this like, it was this emotional, just puking of emotion. And a lot of it was anger because that was the only emotion I really knew how to express. And I was very scared of that because I knew what my anger could do to other people. And so I didn't want that either because I, you know, even if I was upset, it was like, well, they don't deserve that. Um, I'm a double Sagittarius. I have the ability to cut someone's head off, snap my fingers. I mean, I know how to say the words that get right to the core of them and really truly wound them (laughs) without even trying. And so that's always been something that I've had to navigate in my life in the midst of being a people pleaser. I have this double dynamic to who I am. It's very confusing for me. It's very confusing for a lot of people in my life. I can be very much one way and then the total opposite at the very same time. But like I mentioned before, my way of dealing with things a lot of the time was just cutting people out of my life instead of dealing with the issue or being vulnerable. And being vulnerable is, I mean, like one of the most powerful things we can do in life, right, is to be vulnerable about how we feel. I wouldn't stand up for myself in work situations. Typically what would happen is that, like I mentioned before, I would just try and get out of that working environment and start looking for another job instead of standing up for myself and saying, no, this isn't right. As I got older, it was really interesting because I think right around in my mid-20s, I stopped having to deal with this so much, Um, certainly not in working situations, even though it happens quite a bit um, as a manager, you know, with my marketing agency, especially when I had five men working for me. It was very difficult to know how to navigate letting them know that I wasn't happy with their work ethic or what they were submitting or these sorts of things. And so oftentimes I would try and get around it, you know, because my agency was remote. I could like type them a message or email them instead, but that's not how you deal with these things. You know, I so wanted them to like me and At the same time, I wanted them to freaking do their job, (laughs) right? But navigating those two things was really difficult and it caused me a lot of stress and strain. And anytime anyone would like fail or mess up or something like that, I mean, it was just, I didn't know how to handle it. So it made things very uncomfortable and I was always kind of walking a tight line rope. Um, I played small so, 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 so much. I can't even tell you. My youngest sister was, she was always very brash, very outspoken, not afraid to go after things that she wanted, not afraid to say, this is what I want. And man, was she good at like dealing with people, like saying like the nice thing, even though she like wanted to like slit throats. (laughs) I used to watch her and just like be in awe. And she was just herself in that manner, loud, abrasive, like it just didn't matter. She was herself. And that was always something that I admired about her because I played small so, so much of the time. You know, I didn't want to be too loud. I didn't want to be too big. 
these things were completely reinforced throughout my life that I shouldn't do that, which we'll get into in a minute, but I played small. And something else that really kind of popped up for me that was interesting, in my playing small, there was a part of me that preferred being overweight, being a little bit chunky, so that I didn't stick out as much. I've always been the type of person that when I walk into a room, like people stop and look at me. And I'm not some like gorgeous model type of girl. That's not, that's not been my thing. I don't know what it is. I've always said it's just my light, which I didn't even know what that meant when I was really young and would say that, but that's just, it was like, there's just something about me. And I know it's not me. I know it's God inside of me, but I just have that ability. And it freaked me out. Always. I used to pray to just fit in when I was in high school. Pray that like no one would notice me and I could just go about my thing and like not be bothered. That was not my life ever. And so putting on extra weight was a way of like me feeling like I could protect myself. Um, and that also stems from sexual abuse that I experienced as a young girl as well. But I think a part of it was like people pleasing. You know, was like wanting to play small so that I didn't offend too many people because like in high school, and I'll get into this in a minute, like I got too much attention and that got me in a lot of trouble. Um, and of course, a big one, which I'm sure that pretty much everyone can understand and agree with, even my partner who who is like oblivious to people pleasing deals with this one. And it's being honest with your parents, right? We want our parents to be happy. We want them to be proud of us. We want them to encourage us. And so, and that's really like where this originates, right? Is with our parents. So that's what I'm, that's what we're gonna dive into next, like where it comes from. So I didn't fully understand this in regards to where this came from until I heard Oprah Winfrey talking about her own story of people pleasing and the way in which she grew up, which she grew up in rural Mississippi and with her mother and grandmother and the way that they dealt with discipline was, I mean, she talked about getting like these beatings with twitches a lot, all the time, anytime she would act out of line and that was my childhood. My childhood was not that severe, not by any means, but my parents were fundamentalist Christians when I was very young. And they were taught, they were, I mean, and they were not the only ones. All of the people in our church were disciplining their children. I would say the most of them, I can't say all of them, but the most of them were disciplining their children with spankings, which is what my parents were doing. And Spankings was just the norm. It was like, this is how you discipline your child. Um, I think there, you know, there's even a Bible verse about it. And I have to tell you that <laughs> I have even defended my parents spanking me before to people and in conversations saying like, it didn't affect me. Like all of my siblings, like we're, we're good kids because of it. Like we're hard workers, you know, we respect our elders, blah, 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 blah. Um, this was a long time ago, of course, <laughs> but that's just like, I didn't think that it really affected me that much because my parents weren't abusive. 
they were just doing what they thought was right at the time. And I mean, my, my story does not mirror the severity of Oprah's at all. It's just, it's very similar. And in that time with Oprah, she said that was very normal amongst the black population. That was just how they disciplined their kids at all times. So it blew my mind when I realized that. Because the thing is, is that when you are a young child and you act out of line, and it wasn't just in my family home, it wasn't just the spankings. It was the, my father is a very intense person. He's got a very loud personality. He's also someone who walks in a room and people stop and look at him. Um, I'm so much like my father. All of my siblings have that intensity. But when he was happy, it was like the sun was shining on you. And when he was not, it was the cloudiest, stormiest, worst day ever. And he would yell and scream and he would be so loud. And when we were younger, he would like throw things every once in a while. It wasn't a safe, calm and secure environment, period. And so we were walking on eggshells. I mean, I literally would come home from work, come home from school and check my dad out. You know, it was like I was like reading his energy before I would talk to him because if he was like pissy, I just wanted to run like run back to the house, you know, run, put my stuff away, not bother him until hopefully he had calmed down. And if he was all good, then I totally wanted to see him and spend time with him. 1000%. But what did that, what did that do? Right? Think about that. I grew up in a volatile environment. And this is not about beating my parents up. My parents did the best that they could. I think that what I experienced is very normal quite frankly. And I think that's why so many of us suffer from people pleasing because I would always try to balance out that other energy that I was dealing with in my home. And it's funny because I still do this around my friends. You know, if they're up, then I'm kind of down and I'm like balancing it out. And if I'm up and they're down, then I'm like, you know, balancing it out. And I don't know if that's just me, but I know that that is a part of people pleasing because we're always wanting things to be okay. Really great example is um, the other night, my partner came home from work. He had had a really bad day. He was very upset about a situation with his boss. And what was beautiful about this is that at first, like I was talking with him, you know, he was sharing with me um, I was being honest with him about how I felt about the situation, you know, and kind of not playing devil's advocate, but trying to help him see also kind of the other side of management because I've been in that role so many times. And quite frankly, I'm not a fan of his boss, but um, it is what it is, right? And, and when you've been a manager, there are just some things that you understand more than others. It doesn't make them right. That's not what it's about. It's just, you know... It's always helpful for me to have context to a situation. So I think that's what I try to give. But I was sharing this with him and then I just realized it was like, you know, he just needs to be upset because that's what he needs to do right now for himself. You know, like I can't solve this for him. This isn't my problem. And so I made sure that he knew I loved him and I took myself out of the situation and went to my own space in the house because I didn't want to be affected because he was very upset. I didn't want to be affected by his energy. 
And at the same time, I didn't want to make him feel like that was wrong. Like he needed to feel his feelings and go through his own process. And then um, towards the end of the night, he came in, you know, and he was definitely better, but I could still, I mean, I could just look at him and like, I know he's upset. And I was like, what do you think, you, you know, do you, would it be better for you to sleep alone tonight? This is something that we do in our relationship from time to time is sleep apart. If one of us is really upset or, you know, maybe we just need some space or if someone has to like have a really long day the next day or something. Um, and it's a beautiful practice. And so I was like, you know, <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking like, this is not going to be good. We do not need to sleep together. He needs to sleep on his own because the way he really processes energy is on his own. And I knew that him spending the night by himself would be better for the situation and me in our relationship. So thankfully he was like, yeah, you know, I think it will. And I was like, well, feel free to do that. No pressure, you know, like, um, I love you, blah, 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 right? What was awesome about that is I didn't try and fix it. I didn't try and make it better the way I normally would have. And I didn't let it affect me. I didn't let it like bother me. That's massive growth. And that is certainly not how I would have acted growing up. As a young girl, I was always trying to manage and comfort my parents. You know, when they got divorced, I was like the number one person there for both of them, which was horrific for me as a teenager because, you know, I was very bruised. It was not a beautiful divorce by any stretch of the imagination. It was ugly and uh, it was awful. And I put myself in the middle of it with both of my parents. And because I've always been kind of an adult, even when I was a kid, they leaned on me. And so it was a very unhealthy situation. So this is kind of what I wanted to share with you. You know, like think about your own origination story. Where did it come from? What kind of an environment did you grow up in? It always goes back to our childhood. It just blows my mind, blows my mind. I mean, I would have thought like, oh, people pleasing, you know, like that's just like maybe a part of my personality. Like that's just kind of who I am. I'm very empathic. And so like I can feel people and I know it's not, it's not a part of our personality. It becomes a part of our personality if we're put in the right environment. We try to manage other people's energy and it's not our job. Our job is to do what's best for us. Like the other night, I, I took myself away from my partner because he was very upset and I had had a long day and didn't need that. And then I slept alone, right? And he slept alone and that was best for both of us. This is a behavior that was just kind of reiterated as I got older and it was really something that played out through my entire young adult life when I got into high school it was like the same thing it was like I was walking on eggshells around people because I didn't want to upset people because I couldn't blend in that's for sure I hadn't grown up in the public school system so I didn't understand a lot of the hand quotation rules I didn't know how to play into stereotypes I didn't understand that there were like groups of kids like you couldn't just be a part of everyone's group I didn't understand gossip I just I had grown up in a small private school so I understood being honest when people asked me questions that did not bode well for me and so all of these behaviors were reinforced 
girls were horrific to me in high school. I was bullied so hard, I can't even tell you. Um, and just for being me, not even for doing anything. I remember this one girl wanted to beat me up because I had been at a party where her ex-boyfriend was at and he wanted to sleep with me. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. She wanted to beat me up because of this. I hadn't even done anything. Another thing, I had a girl who, I don't know what role she played in my life, but it certainly, like, she actually beat me up twice. She would jump me when I had no idea what was going on, when I was completely immersed in something else. So I had no real way of even defending myself and then run away. And literally for just being me. And it was always in connection with some boy who liked me that they were upset about. It was awful. And so I grew up in this like, oh my gosh, never feeling really safe about my environment. Not really knowing, you know, when someone was going to like come after me, you know, whether it was like maybe my father's mood would change or maybe it's this girl who would come out of nowhere. I never knew how to feel safe. And so I was always managing people's emotions and energy around me. That is not, it's not normal, you know, it's just not. And so that's, that is my people pleasing. And I share this with you because as we like, dive into how to overcome people pleasing, the first step is becoming aware of it. Understanding like, you know, I didn't even know my origination story. I'm so thankful for Oprah for so many reasons. But um, for, for sharing her story, which helped me to understand my story. For me, if I had known that kind of on the front end, oh my gosh, things would have been so, so different. So different. Because it would have given me an awareness in regards to what it was I was doing and what was going on. But for the longest time, my awareness and my practice of being aware was to pay attention to my body, to pay attention to where, you know, when this, this feeling was coming up, this feeling of like needing to please, right? And this is a beautiful practice, even once you understand your origination story, like start really tapping into your body, understanding like, wait a minute, this person asked me to do this and I'm feeling all kinds of resistance right now. So what's going on here? What is this about? You know, really being able to notice that and not being freaked out about it, not feeling the need to be like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really just kind of like sitting with it and understanding, oh, wow, this, you know, we're starting to notice like, wow, this is okay. This is me needing to please. This is what's my, what my body is doing. The second step there is you're going to start spending time trying to understand like why you feel the way you do in those moments. You know, like, what are you afraid of? Is that fear even realistic? What is the worst that can happen? you know, asking yourself these things. And I think it's really important that this process is not rushed because it's going to take time. 
I mean, I've been working on this for like over a year and I'm just starting to like have like major breakthroughs and situations that I'm really proud of. There's a lot of awkwardness in between, which we'll talk about in a minute, but like, I think really understanding the origin, obviously of your story, but then noticing how your body feels so that you're paying attention to that. Um, and then asking yourself some questions, you know, trying to be curious about what's going on. And it's also going to help you to understand if you need to be, like if the way that you're feeling is, is you know, realistic, or not realistic, like if it's, if it's earned, if it's, you know, um, oh my gosh, I'm not going to think about the word. Um, if it's justified, that's the right word. Is this justified? Is it justified that this person's asking me to work for them and I'm feeling all of this fear? What is this fear about? Am I scared this person won't like me if I say no? Am I scared that other people at work won't like me if I say no? Am I scared that, you know what I mean? Going through those motions. Don't, just don't rush it. The third part is really getting honest with yourself about, is it worth it to feel like this? You know, like, is this warranted? Um, but then taking space and taking time. You're not always going to be able to take the time to think through things, to work through things, but one of the best practices that I've started incorporating is just being like, let me get back to you on that. Hmm, I'll think about it. I'll let you know. You know, okay, that sounds great. I appreciate you thinking about me, but just give me a little bit to think on it and make sure, feel, you know, it's aligned. Um, wow, I, I'm blown away that you would want me to do this. This is awesome. I want to make sure that I can fully commit. Let me get back to you. When we start asking for time, it starts giving us more time to understand not only what's best for us, but to really kind of get clear on why it is that we might be having these reactions to things. And then like being able to nurture ourselves in the middle, in the meantime and be like, it's okay. I don't have anything to fear, right? It's, it's, it's not my problem if my coworker gets mad at me. It's their problem. I need to do what's best for me. The fourth thing is learning how to make a different decision than the one we might make, which, of course, the typical decision would be like, okay, yep, I'll do it for you, even though we're feeling resentment, even though we don't really want to, even though like that may require us to make changes on our own end. We have to make a different decision because of course all the awareness and all of that is great but it actually doesn't start becoming reality until we start taking action and so making a different action than before you know saying sorry this isn't aligned with me right now thank you for the opportunity i really appreciate it i can't do this right now this isn't something i can fully commit to Something that's really beautiful that I highly recommend is Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is. Something that she is really hardcore about is just saying no. She's like, you do not have to offer any explanation. Just say no. No thank you. No thank you. No thank you. I'm telling you it gets easier and easier. I am the queen of giving fantastic excuses, not even gonna lie. 
And I am really starting to just enjoy being like, no, no, thank you. Because the thing is, like, if you give them an excuse, then they might try and come back with, like, another reason why you should. You know what I mean? And then it becomes a back and forth thing, and it's ugly. So just saying, like, no, period. The fifth thing is really just understanding that this is going to take time. It's not an overnight process. Don't rush yourself. Be really, really kind to yourself because this takes a lot of work. It's not easy. It's just not. If it's in, as in deeply ingrained in you as it is in me, it's going to take time. And, you know, like with more and more practice, there's going to be less and less trauma responses. We're going to have less like constriction and fear and all of that rising up in our body. And we're just going to be able to be like, no, thanks. It's not for me. Thank you. No, thanks. Whatever the case may be. And not even be concerned about the other person. This isn't about like us not caring about other people. This is understanding that if we don't take care of ourselves, nobody else will. And I don't say that from some place of scarcity, you know, or fear. It's just fact. It's just fact. No one is on this planet to take care of ourselves but us. And that's what we have to do for ourselves. That is an act of self-care. It's loving ourselves first. And when, just like the quote of this podcast says, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. When you take care of yourself, you have so much more to give to others. My other, my only other side note here would be to invest in doing inner child work. I've been working with a psychotherapist, um, gosh, for, you know, starting last, last year, last summer. On and off, I'm also doing some hypnotherapy. I'm doing a couple of other things, um, but I also do my own personal inner child work. And um, I think that's going to be another podcast episode that I'm going to do in the near future because I've had just insane breakthroughs coming from that. But that's that's a whole nother topic. But it is very helpful with people pleasing. However, I will say that kind of the process that I've laid out for you is going to really help you start making immediate differences. And again, it's going to take some time and it will be awkward at first. I guarantee you, it will be so awkward. You'll tell people no and like not even, you'll feel like the world's about to like crash and burn. You'll like be standing there like holding on to yourself like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? And you just have to learn to be quiet. You just have to learn to stop talking. It just takes time. It can be awkward. Allow it to happen. Thank yourself for being awkward, even if you are. It just takes time. All right, folks. I thank you again for being here today. I hope that today's topic and the things that I've shared have been helpful to you. Feel free to let me let me know how this resonates with you. You know, hit me up on social media. You can find me um, Facebook or Instagram, Soul Driven Podcast. You can shoot me an email. Um, I'd love to hear from you, but I'm curious how this resonated. And I truly hope that this was as helpful for someone else as it has been in my own life. Because we can heal. We can heal ourselves. We really can. 
Okay. If you were inspired by today's show, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. Be sure to check out the Soul Driven Collective or sign up for our email list to receive podcast updates, helpful resources. Do not forget when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next week. Mwah.